Hi, I'm E.K. Johnston, author of Star Wars Ahsoka, Queen's Shadow, and Queen's Peril, and you're listening to the Living Force Podcast. Welcome to the Living Force Podcast. Are you stuck up? A Utini Podcast Network production. Half-witted. Episode 174, Star Wars Romances. Scruffy-looking. On this episode, there's a new Andor trailer. Nerf Herder. Exclusive acquisitions from San Diego Comic-Con. Who's scruffy-looking? And the Utini crew talks about love in the age of Star Wars. I love you. And now, here are your hosts. I know. Dr. Corey Hel. Elton, Eric Eilerson, Wes Jenkins, and special guest host Emma Park. Utini. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Living Force, a Utini Network podcast, all about the Star Wars books we love and those that love within Star Wars books. I'm one of your hosts, Eric Eilerson, and joining me tonight is a full crew. Of course, not the lovely Dr. Charles Hankel, who is still on his vacation. He says he's just going out for a carton of milk and some cigarettes, and he'll be back, but we'll find out next week. But in the meantime, we do have a great group of folks starting off with Dr. Corey Helton, who is also back home. What's up, buddy? Hello, hello. I'm finally back in my setup, which is much appreciated. I have had such terrible luck trying to stream from a distance. Ooh, it's going to be hard. I'm going to Hawaii in the next couple of months, so that's going to be tough. We'll see if that works or not. Um, hard yeah. flex. I'm happy be to great. be here. The Romantic Islands is where I'm going in uh <laughs> You know, in tune with tonight's theme, I think. Uh, romance, yeah. a little romance. Is that what we're I talking like about? That. All the sex to... that's in the books, is that what we're talking yeah, about? Yeah, there we go. <laughs> I, I think that if you go to Hawaii with your wife and don't have a little romance, I, I'm a little worried for you in the long run. Um, but you know who brings romance wherever they go just by the nature of just pure love, magnetism, and charisma is the man, the myth, the legend, who is also back home this week, Wes Jenkins. Welcome home to Texas, buddy. Oh, my God, you're so close. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, um, I'm blurry for some reason. Okay, I'll just stand right here. (laughs) Yeah, I have uh, arrived back in Texas. Uh, I was in Cincinnati, Ohio, the chilly capital of the the nation for work. And um, I didn't have any chili, which is... Which is weird, um, but I, I networked. I network with you know people at work, which you're supposed to do in those type of uh, those type of you know getaways, if you want to call them work getaways. But uh, it was good. It was a training, and um, I'm all trained up now. I know everything about plastics and how they pollute the earth. Excellent. Excellent. And you're going to do everything you can to stop it, and it's going to be great. Um, but someone else who is joining us tonight uh, from our sister show, The Cosmic Force, and from last week's episode of Living Force, she did so well, we just had to have her back to talk about this very special topic. It is the glorious Miss Emma Park. Welcome back. Hello. It's good to be back. Um, I just realized something. Why is it that I'm always on the weird, sexy shows? <laughs> <laughs> what a question. Like, what a question. Whenever I was on the, the High Republic... Um, Draft episode? Yeah. Draft the episode, weirdly sexiest into, like, episode? Hot- <laughs> Yeah. It was the weirdly sexiest episode. <laughs> on uh, the actual romance episode. Listen, you invited yourself to this one, so this doesn't count, yeah. right? This is not on us. This is not on us. <laughs> you just knew this is what it was going to be. That's why you're yeah. here, right? I had to do it. Yeah. I had to do That's it. That's right. That's right. 
Well, regardless of pre-planning, we know that later on, the show will get away from us as we do talk all about Star Wars romance in honor of Beth Revis's upcoming The Princess and the Scoundrel. Again, this book isn't coming out for a couple of weeks, but due to our roundtable schedule, uh, it's going to be great. Uh, we decided to move it up a little bit and celebrate some romance in Star Wars tonight. Before we do, of course, we have a little bit of news we want to talk about. Before we get into that, if you're watching us on YouTube, make sure to like the video if you haven't already. Subscribe to the channel. we got great video content coming to you all the time on the Utini YouTubes. And if you're on Spotify, you're on Apple Podcasts, you're on Podbean. I don't know the other ones. Uh, make sure to rate and review us if you haven't already. It does help <laughs> folks find the show. And more important than us, it just makes us feel good to know that you like the show. Makes me happy. Work can be hard. Anyway... What made work great today, folks, uh, was a drop that we knew about last night, but some of us woke up this morning and got to witness in its full glory the official trailer, not teaser, the official full trailer for Andor, or Ender, depending on who you are, um, and we got this glorious poster, this poster y'all, y'all. Whoo, for our audio listeners, I mean, come on, you watched the trailer. Um, and you saw this poster. It's very much the Rogue One poster with Jin up at top. And now we got Cassian and the whole crew below. Um, we're not going to go into a whole big scene now. But, felt, folks, I just wanted to ask you, what did you think about this trailer? Because it seems like the reaction is, like, universally positive about how this looked. Uh, Emma, you watched it right before the show. Why don't you still go first? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. I watched it literally 10 minutes ago. <laughs> Because uh, I was at work like the whole day and forgot my headphones, which is really sad. Um, mm. But yeah, I just, oh my God, it's so good with the Star Destroyer coming over. You instantly knew in the first like 10 seconds, okay, things are going to get a little wacky. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's insane. And uh, just seeing the Senate again, like, holy smokes, what? Like, political drama. Yes, please. More Mon Mothma. Mm-hmm. More Mon Mothma outfits. Yes, we love Yes. It. Um, Sagarera? Like, what? Yeah, I didn't see that yeah. coming, actually. Get yeah, those for checks sure. for us, Whitaker. He's in yeah. everything. It's amazing. Yeah. Like, non, yeah. A non-gray Sagarera? He looks fantastic. This is like the fifth version of Sagarera we've had. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's like, uh, it. in the vibe, seems to be like that kind of like Rebel Rising, like borderline yeah. terrorist Sagarera, oh, which is yeah. like very Love interesting. It. So, What if we see yeah. a young Jin, y'all? Like, theoretically. Wow. That would be interesting. Yeah, Bring back the same happen. actress. Why not? It's I been like six years. I could have sworn that I heard her voice. But listen, sworn that I heard her voice. It was such a good trailer. I'm super stoked for this. I'm not going to lie. Like When all the shows were announced, this wasn't like super high on my list. It's not mm-hmm. that I don't love casting. It's just other things kind of interested me more. But now I'm like on the train. I like I want yeah. to watch Rogue One like, <laughs> yeah. tonight. Like, I am super hyped now. Yeah. For real. I mean, this looks yeah. like – I mean, we always say that it looks like movie quality because it always does. But yeah. the scale of this looks different yeah. than yes. the other yes. shows, right? I mean, like just the number of ships and planets and stuff happening in the background, like it just is very impressive. Like yeah. I feel like Kenobi upped the scale in a lot of ways, but it still felt small because it's about Kenobi, right? Where this is like mm-hmm. – this is like about the rebellion. Like this is everything. Yeah. Like this is what yeah. all the OT is based on. So like – I am jacked for this, man. I mean, this may be one of the best trailers, maybe the best trailer ever that we've ever gotten. I loved it. I thought it was phenomenal. Yeah. Just that small minute and a half that we got, we could tell, like, the scale of this trailer, it just seems so much bigger than Obi-Wan did. There was a couple, there was just a couple scenes in Obi-Wan where I felt like they were kind of in a tunnel. Mm-hmm. But this one, I mean, it's just so open. And like I'd, um, I'd said that it's it looks massive. It looks movie quality. And Eric, you had said that they had, they're on location, right? Yeah. 
they're right. not there's they're not on a green screen like uh, some people do for their shows a couple weeks ago. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they didn't have the Utini technology. Uh, but yeah, they did release in Empire Magazine. They did say that uh, you know Mandalorian, Kenobi, all these shows have been f- shooting on the volume, which is incredible. I mean, the volume is one of the mm-hmm. most incredible technological feats we've seen in our lifetimes. But for Andor, they did film this entirely either on locations or built sets. They filmed at Pinewood in the UK where they, like, they filmed the movies. Like, they really yeah. got tangible, and you can feel it. And I think that adds to the Rogue One feeling of it. Like, Rogue One is so yeah. great because it is so gritty. Like, you can feel the environments, and you can yeah. feel everything that's going on. And, man, it, it's a mixture of both the aesthetic but also just seeing Diego Luna in this role again, man. Yeah. I forgot how much he just embodies Cassian yeah. and like everywhere he moves is so great. I love Stellan Skarsgård's character. Um, I know I joked about it at the top, but the way he just says Cassian Ander, I'm like, that's not how it's pronounced, but who cares? Like, it's very much like <laughs> it seems a, like something he would do. Yeah, honestly. like Han <laughs> Han. I'm like, awesome. Han. Let's keep going with it. Um, yeah, so excited for all these characters. I think it was just. I agree with you, Corey. I think it's maybe the best quality trailer we've gotten at least of the live action shows. I mean, some of the saga films. With nostalgia yeah. and what have you might be ahead, but I think it's easily, easily. The writing. Yeah, the dialogue and the writing is really, really good. I mean, Andor yep. is like, it's so easy to get into your house. Like, dude, that is so powerful. <laughs> that was such a great and line, a lot of, I'm telling you. And there's a you. lot of layers to that, not only in <clears throat> Star Wars terms, but mm-hmm. in like real world terms, too. Yeah. Like, it's mm-hmm. kind of meta. It's just, yeah. 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 It's really good. Yeah. yeah, I love that stuff. I think this is going to be a great TV show. You guys lo- know how much I love Rogue One. I- I'm so jacked for this. Like, yeah. And there's two seasons, reading two of them right out the gate. Yeah, so, so guaranteed seasons. 12 yeah. episode mm-hmm. seasons, which of course leads to the other big announcement that we found out this is no longer premiering on August 31st. It is instead premiering on September 21st. So we have a three-week delay, but, <laughs> oh boy, they are releasing the first three episodes Oh on boy. September 21st. <clears throat> so for those of us that do get up before work to watch these, um, I don't know one. what to do. Uh, Take the day off. I might. It's three hours. <laughs> um, is, this, is this a Wednesday or a Friday? It's a Wednesday. They're doing Wednesdays Wednesday. again. So oh, it's in the middle of the week. Yeah. Hump day and or day. That's great so, for me. That's the my, only my, my, day my, my, of the my. week I don't have any classes. So we're good. Happy for you, Emma. <laughs> uh, I'm, I, I hope you enjoy your last appearance on the show. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, look forward to Andor, everyone. And of course, uh, we talked about it last week. Uh, we will have our Bounty Hunt recap show. We'll be returning when Andor does. And now we will have a little bit of a break, which I'm not super mad about uh, between this now, uh, with September and the weekends roll around, we'll be recapping the shows and enjoying them all. Uh, and we cannot wait to see more of this show. I honestly, I hope we kind of don't get any more TV spots. I'm good. I got it. I cannot wait to see it. Couple other cool things I wanted to share before we get into some other news. Personal news: um, San Diego Comic Con happened recently, and there were some Star Wars exclusives. And y'all, after years and years of searching, I finally, for a decent price, was able to get. The Queen's Shadow Yay. Convention exclusive hardcover. This is I've been looking for this since Chicago Celebration, which I didn't go to back Man. when this podcast began. Um, wow. That's only I was looking for this. Uh, they had some extra hardcovers, which was great. And nice. the dude that bought this for me was kind enough to go to the Del Rey booth and pick up another little goodie for me. That's this guy right here. Oh, the Higher Public Quest of the Jedi poster. I don't know where it's going. 
Uh, <laughs> I have so many posters, Eric. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> but, I don't know, like, but you got to frame start, that bad boy. You're just going to have to start decorating the ceiling when you look up. That's exactly it. There it is. Hey, you got good enough anchors, <laughs> you can do anything. Um, but yeah, I was so stoked to get this. And of course, it does have the full crawl for phase two on the back. Um, so yeah, I was very stoked to get these things. I think <clears> it was so fun that the High Republic had such a good presence at Comic Con. Because, again, this is international. This is where Marvel announced their stuff, which was amazing. And the High Republic and Queen Shadow and all that stuff was still big. So thank you to Herm Wong. Shout out uh, for my contact in Star Wars book groups on Facebook. He was able to pull those away for me. So very stoked. Well, at least now we, we know awesome why. Uh, oh, yeah, for sure. I know why we uh, lost or had so many technical difficulties at the beginning of the show now is we were talking about Queen Shadow. Oh, I my see. God. <laughs> the curse God. of Jeez. Queen Shadow. The curse returns. The it, curse oh, it returns. Never will let us Please don't speak of it again, scripts. like at all tonight. That's yeah. it. I'm putting it away. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I do also want to let folks know over at utd.com, you know, we always got great updates going. The site has been filling with amazing content. And if you missed it last week, uh, our review for Padawan is on our YouTube channel. Um, it is our buddy Nathan did a great job with it. I hope you enjoyed watching it. If you're a homophobic troll that was commenting on it, go screw. Uh, but yes. everyone else, I hope you have a great time. <laughs> Reading the book and watching the video. <laughs> All right. Homophobes can go screw. Direct quote. Um, <laughs> That's, put that on a shirt. I'll wear it. <laughs> but you know who cannot go screw or can if they so choose are our lovely patrons over at utini.com slash Patreon. And I do wow. want to say a massive thank you. Truly massive. To Robert Thomas, who is now a member of our Utini Jedi High Council, uh, mm, our highest Thomas? support, Robert Thomas. Yes. That's what okay. I got. Um, I mean, every time this happens, it's it's kind of a loss for words because it's like we just make things, and I think we enjoy them, and we get to keep making them because of things like this. And the fact that Robert, you think that our content is is worth the amount of support, um, just truly means the world. So, I mean, th- thanks. Thanks. Yes, thanks Welcome. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you so like, much. Like, seriously. <laughs> it, uh, you know, we made Celebration happen this year because of our patrons, like, without yes. a doubt. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we, we got to do, like, like a cool background and lots of equipment. And it was fantastic. I hope one day you can pay for all of our flights, you know, <laughs> or a hotel oh room for, like, a night. Yeah. Because let's be real. Unless we're making, like, hundreds of thousands of dollars, <laughs> that's, you know, that's what it will cost. I mean, yeah, so, exactly. you know. But it did, it did allow us to, to meet new people and then spread the word and get, you know, more people on the Utini bandwagon because they were just like, I've never I've never read the books. Uh, yeah. Which one should I try? And then we just, you know, gave them some recommendations and sent them on down to the Del Rey booth. And so we <laughs> kind of had a partnership there. Yeah. It was just Definitely. such such a blast. And people like you, Robert, and all our other amazing patrons just make it possible. And it feels amazing. So thank you. And if you want to join, of course, you can go to utini.com slash Patreon, patreon.com slash utini. Whichever one you like and join up. Uh, we got new episodes of our Patreon-exclusive podcasts. I can say now because it is uploaded and ready to go. This week, this Wednesday, the Ghost Crew is returning with me and Charlie going back into our Star Wars Rebels watch and analysis. Uh, very excited to bring that to you guys. And there's some other stuff coming. That's all we'll say. There's been some chat yeah. behind uh, scenes. Keep, so. keep your eye out, folks. Like, very soon, I would mm-hmm. say. Very soon. <laughs> yes. uh, and we also have some great products coming up. So thank you all. And speaking of our patrons, we have a lovely patron of the week this week. We're bringing this segment back as best we can. So, Corey, I'm going to throw it to you. I believe our patron of the week is also in the chat tonight. 
Excellent. Excellent. Well, welcome, uh, Dave. You are patron of the week this week. And Dave wrote us in his story, uh, which is really good. You know, if you are a if you're one of our patrons and you've never been featured as patron of the week, you don't necessarily have to get on camera. If you just want to tell us your story, um, that's also welcome. So uh, this is from Dave. He is Rocky Zim. Uh, I think that's in our Discord. Uh, that's right. Yeah, Rocky Zim in our Discord. He says, hello there. Thanks for making me patron of the week. My name is Dave, a.k.a. Rocky Zim in Discord. I am Canadian and live in Manitowaning, Ontario. I'm a school social worker and enjoy working in the mental health field with students. My Star Wars fandom began when I was young by watching the original trilogy on VHS all the time. I loved Return of the Jedi because of the X-Wing battles and the battle on Endor, though I'd have to say my favorite movie is now Rogue One. Pretty what a day for you, Dave. What a day. That's right. <laughs> I really enjoyed the action in the movie and how it was uh, able to give more backstory and substance to how the Rebels got the Death Star plans. The Battle of Scarif was great, so action-packed and suspenseful. I've always been a fan but never read the books until recently. School made me uh, – school made reading uninteresting – I'm sorry. School made me read uninteresting books, and I had trouble focusing, so I was not much of a reader. In the last few years, though, I was diagnosed with ADHD, started taking medication. Due to being in lockdown during the pandemic, I decided to start reading. After finishing the Game of Thrones and Lord of the Rings books, I remembered my mother had some Star Wars books from when I was young. All she had was Jedi Search, but I read it and loved it, and then I read the other two books from the trilogy and was hooked. As I looked for other books to read, I found Nathan's videos on YouTube and the Foundational Five and Star Wars Legends Guide helped me choose my path within the Legends universe. I found Legends Look Back in September of 2021, Naked Palps. <laughs> and, yes! Oh my god, yeah, wait, you're going to want to watch our, our episode next week, okay? I'm just telling you. Okay, go on. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> I found Legends Look Back in September of 2021 and eventually discovered the rest of the Utini universe when I heard Eric make an appearance on one of their episodes. I began listening to Living Force, Conjure Book Club, and the other podcasts podcast on the Utini channel, which encouraged me to read more canon content and comic books. Utini has really been helpful in my Star Wars journey. I've been able to find books about the characters I like, and they have helped ensure I don't miss any details from the books along the way. After using my two-hour commute to listen to the majority of the Utini podcast, I made the choice to join Patreon and get access to even more episodes. I love listening to y'all, laughing on my way to and from work, and learning more about the Star Wars universe. I also wanted to help support Utini so more content can continue to be provided to us. This is like an ad, man. Like This is fantastic. This is amazing. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, love I enjoy connecting with everyone in the Discord and love being part of the positive community. I'm grateful I found you and have discovered that reading is fun and enjoyable. I also want to say congratulations on the success of Utini. Since I've joined, I've noticed how it continues to grow and gain recognition within the Star Wars community. Keep up the good work. Question time. If you could tell a story within the Star Wars universe, what story would you want to tell? What medium would you like to use? What characters would you like to write about? I would like to write a book about that includes Maul, Ahsoka, Ventress, and Quinlan working together to save the galaxy. It'd be like a Suicide Squad type team that has to work together to defeat an enemy from another universe or something. I just think it would be cool to see how they would interact and use their abilities to complete their mission. May the force be with you, Dave Rocky Zimb. Man. What a what message. A message. Yeah. Also, what a picture. I I, I yeah. missed those yeah, yeah, yeah. solo things at the movie theater. We all took those pictures. Those were the best. I know. I know. Um, wow. What, a, what story would you want to tell? Which is so specific because it's kind of like we've gotten like, oh, what do I want to see? But if we were telling it, you know, what, what, what do you use your voice like? And what <clears> I mean, obvious, obviously live action naked pops, right, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! Just the blur that's around the pelvis. Well, de- well, depending on your Patreon level, there's blur or no blur, Wes. I think that's how it works. Uh, not everybody has HBO, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Wow, what's story? I, okay, so I think go. I could. I think I could maybe tell a military story. Maybe with all the all the books so. and experience I have, kind of reading all that that genre. Um, I mean, I would love to have kind of like a you know have the opportunity to maybe tell some kind of story around like a special clone unit or something. Not something as crazy or wild. I think as as like task force as a is it Task Force ninety nine? Is that what they call themselves? Clone Force ninety nine. That's right. Clone Force. Yeah, Clone task Force. 99. Where did that come from? Yeah. yeah. Um, so not <laughs> as no, maybe not as technical as that, but just like a normal group. I feel like I could maybe piece that together and then have a bunch of editors laugh at my skills in a room somewhere. <laughs> I mean, maybe. Yeah. Kind of like a maybe like a Battlefront Twilight Company type thing. Yeah, like yeah, something kind of like that maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I like okay. that. I, uh, I, what's what you got? No, no, I, right. I was going to call it. Right, wait, Justin in the chat says uh, he wants to continue to tell his Star Wars Leia Luke swap fanfic. That's oh, fun. That's cool. Hey. I always love the idea okay. of if oh, Leia yeah, had become the one, man. Also, yeah, by the way, I, lo- I love that Jared showed up in the chat the moment I mentioned Naked Palpatine. It's a love summoning it. stone. <laughs> All right, what's what you got, man? I would be, I would like to tell a story, not a full on movie and or like TV series, but a short story that's in like myths and fables, and it's on the concept of Sifo-Dyas. Duh. Yeah. So I, would, I would just change no, the name somehow to be like Sufo, Sufo, you know, Fius or something like that. Sifo-Dyas <laughs> is what uh, is what they said in Plagueis. I'm pretty sure. I, I think that yeah, wow, totally, yep. oh, totally wow. just screwed up the name. Um, or was it right? But. I would tell like a story about the premonitions and then something that actually came true that he had had a vision about like months before. And you could, I mean, you could make a whole book of short stories about that, about having all these premonitions and them coming true. And he's just like, why don't y'all listen to me for once? It's all real. It comes true. Like go like to chapter 20. It's like, see the 20th time it's happened. He's like the Cassandra of Star Wars. I love it. He like keeps a journal and he like he points back. Go to page fifty two in my journal. I predicted it. <laughs> These were the winning Mega Millions lottery numbers. Oh, and I could have been a billionaire. Even someone in Illinois got that. It wasn't me. A uh, billion dollars too, right? It was yeah, over a billion dollars. A billion like, dollars. Got a it's only seven hundred million if you do the one thing. And there's taxes, so can you even live on that? Anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, Emma, what about you? Um. I feel like this is a little bit predictable for me, but I'm still going to say it because it. it's what I want. Um, <clears throat> I definitely would like a story set after episode nine, focusing on whatever Ray does. I feel like a lot of us kind of assume that she's yeah. going to start up a Jedi Order, but I don't know. It doesn't necessarily have to be that. You know, she could be, you know, fighting off the remnants of the First Order or something like that. Maybe she goes into hiding and wants to live yeah. a normal life. I don't know, girl. Do what you want. Just but goes I back to Pasana and just like parties the whole time. Just like, exactly. I'm at the festival. <laughs> And honestly, Listen. I I don't think that this could be like a live action thing. I think Daisy's pretty done with Star Wars for mm-hmm. now. Um, but it honestly, I know I'm biased, but I feel like it would make a good comic. Like, you know? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But after listening to uh, Shadow of the Sith, which features a lot of uh, young Ray, right? Yeah. Like, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I didn't realize how much I wanted that, too. And I think I'm with you. Yeah. I think I would like the story to play out in the literature universes somehow yeah. rather than on screen. And maybe we can come back on screen like after a lot yeah. of time has passed. Yeah. But, like, there's more room to, I don't know. "Quote unquote, make it right." If you want to say that, I mean, I don't really like saying yeah. that. It sounds kind of negative, but you know what I mean. Like, kind of making it all, giving her character development like the really the time and the pacing that it needs. I think it could happen yeah. in the book. So give her a little yeah. bit of more closure, Get some more context. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I love that. Yeah, 
right. I will. I will also be pretty predictable. <clears throat> I'm gonna do a live action show. Uh, maybe a couple seasons, maybe. And mm-hmm. it's it's Bale and Bria on Alderaan, <laughs> but like right <laughs> after they get Leia. So like we've seen Leia, Princess of Alderaan, Leia's point of view of her parents are always in meetings and stuff, and we always see that. I want them having the conversation of like when he when he tells her, "Yo, this is uh, the daughter of Darth Vader, and we need to raise her." <laughs> also, the Emperor, the Senator, yeah, he's evil, but yeah. we need to start like I want to I want to see them actually form the rebellion in their living room and like have the like political rebellion. Yeah, yeah and, and, also, and having to hide it from Leia and having to be new parents at the same time and having like like that whole thing. There's so much tension, wow, and good. also their marriage <laughs> is still like. Seemingly strong, but you know there were some mm-hmm. nights where they were just like not like making time for yeah. each other. And I think there's a really and cool Bria's story health, with them. Health issues, yep. or Bria's oh, health yeah. transplants, and maybe say, a also, medical emergency. Like, when uh, when Bale's telling her about about Leia, uh, also you have no choice. She's in the trunk of my ship. Please get her. <laughs> Yeah. yeah exactly. Oh yeah. Sorry, honey. I I, I told the Jedi. Uh, no, he's he's gone. Now. He's exiled. Um. No. I, he has a, he has my phone. It's fine. Um. I I told him that uh we always wanted a girl. I I yes. I should have called you. You were right. You're right. Um, but yay. It's but, just uh. It's just Bridgerton. Next time. Next time Bridgerton and on Alderaan. Oh, you. Oh we god. can call it. Oh my god. The show should be called House Organa. Dude, stop it! Yes, <laughs> House or God. That's it. Sorry, Disney. Um, <laughs> that is, free. This is, this is You know what? No, this is free. I, I, I give away all legal exactly. connections to it. Just make it, please. Just make it. It's, it's the last good idea I'm ever gonna have in the show. There you go. <laughs> uh, well, my goodness. Blind fate's in the chat too. Great idea, Afra in a like a live action something, dude. Oh, oh yeah, my she's got to be coming immediately. Oh, yeah. We gotta get her, gotta get her to come to life yep. on yes. screen. Get her oh in my gosh, story. Incredible. I can't wait. Uh, Dave, Rocky Zim, dude, thank you for being part of the community. Yes, I'm thank so you, glad Dave. You love being here. Thank you for the question, and I can't wait for our next questions from our future patrons of the week. Now, before we get to the steamier part of the show, even though we're already there, it's really hot in my living room. Uh, let's do a little bit of Star Wars Weekly Roundup. It's the Star Wars Weekly Roundup. All right. One of the great things about Star Wars is that we just keep pumping out books, including tomorrow, August 2nd. If you go to your local bookstore or you go to Amazon and check your pre-orders, you may find the new Essential Legends Collection Wave. Uh, and I want to thank our friends at Delray for being kind enough to send these over. We have Death Troopers which this with this freaky zombie-looking oh cover that is my favorite of the bunch. We also have, of course, The Kratos Trap, the third book in the now-dubbed Rogue Squadron trilogy that also has a brand-new full-length audiobook from Mark Thompson. We also have Darth Maul Shadowhunter by Michael Reeves, which has, in my opinion, the coolest part of the initiative, which I have started, the audiobook read by Sam Witwer, the voice of uh, Maul himself. Dude. Um, what, I, I, I wish I could have been in the room with the person that was like, what if Sam Witwer would do it? They would have got his email, and then he says yes, and they're like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, yeah. What a get for this yeah. collection. It's only four days out of your day. What are, what are you doing next week? Yeah. Nothing. It's nothing. I'm doing anything. Look at these. <laughs> they're gorgeous. They continue to line. Also, you know what I didn't realize? Death Trooper's pretty short. Yeah, it Wait, is. Wait, this is Maul. Wait, this is Maul. That's Maul. Maul. Like... Death, no, Death Trooper's even shorter. Look at that. Look yeah, at that. It is. Oh, baby wow. Book. We read that baby book. Okay. Was it Death? That's the one we read, isn't it? Yeah, we read Death Troopers together. years ago? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. We read for Findings. Halloween that that year. No wonder was, mm-hmm. that was such a fast read. This is yeah. uh, <laughs> this this is one of the most interesting, I think, pairings of these of these Essential Legends collections. Oh yeah, makes no sense. Death Troopers <laughs> as an essential <laughs> book is like what? Like that doesn't make any sense. Like I mean, I don't. I certainly. <laughs> Being a Star Wars book expert, I certainly <laughs> wouldn't wouldn't say that Death Troopers is an essential Legends book by any stretch of the imagination. But I mean, I'm so glad all the Legends books are getting reprinted with better covers, and uh, the Mall book is incredibly exciting. Yeah. I think. All right, let me, let me back up a little mm-hmm. bit. I think Death Troopers is worth reading. Absolutely, read oh, it. Yeah. It's fun. Oh, yeah, read around Halloween this year. It'd be a good time to read it because it's fun and it's campy and. Kind of a cult classic in a lot of ways, uh, but Maul being read by Sam Witwer is one of the coolest things ever. Um, he loves working on Star Wars projects. I love getting, you know, celebrity voices to do the audio books, and they usually kill it, especially folks that yeah. have any voice acting experience. Oh yeah, um, oh the Ahsoka audio book yep. with yeah. Ashley. Oh, oh yeah. my god, it's just mm-hmm. so fun. It's yeah. so yeah. fun. Yeah. So with these uh, Essential Legends collections, that means they come with uh, audio the audio books. I don't they think so. Come along with it or no? No, you gotta do it, it no, separate. It it. <laughs> I know. Perfect time. If you don't already have Audible, this is the perfect time to do it. Like, even if you can't afford Audible, sign up with a different email. If you already have at utd.com/audible. Yes, but you're not saying that as an official advice. That's yes. right. Not official advice. This isn't this isn't medical advice. I'm not your doctor. <laughs> uh, go to utd.com/audible. And start a trial, and we get some kickback from that, and it helps support the show. And uh, you can listen to Sam Witwer, uh, you know, and you can cancel your trial. I mean, that's part of the yeah. experience. You can cancel the trial; you don't have to pay for it. So, you know, it's it's uh, it's worth doing. Check it out. Audible is a lot of fun. Uh, that's that's how they get you, right? It. Because it's so good. Oh yeah. You, yeah. you sign up for it, and then you never cancel, like I did, like five years ago. I've certainly <laughs> had Audible longer than I've had any other digital subscription. I've never canceled it, so. I yeah, yeah. I've, pur- I've purchased subscriptions for my family members. I bought my sister <clears throat> one for her birthday. Nice. She got a year's oh, a worth of, of books. Yeah, she loved it. I will um, also I, say. I, actually, I, I have my ahead. dad doing Audible. Um, he asked me, he's like, I want to read a Star Wars book. And he read it, but it took him a long time because he doesn't have a lot of free time, you know, but he has a long commute to work. He has like 45 yeah, minutes each way. That's and it. I got him on Audible. I have access to his account. I just buy whatever books I think he'll like. And he's like, he'll text me. He said, okay, I finished it. What do I read next? That's so awesome. <laughs> it's really fun. And he it's just fantastic. finished Rebel Rising, which is really cool because it's like perfect timing oh, nice. with Princess and the Scoundrel and, yep. uh, yeah. and yeah. or it's like really perfect. Yeah. I was just going to say, if you like this one, then next month, if you have another credit or what have you, Princess yeah. and the Scoundrel, when it comes out, is actually going to be read by two narrators, yes. Mark Thompson and Saskia Marveld, Two of our favorites, Mark Thompson, <clears throat> also obviously does a ton of work. Saskia Marvel did such books as Leia, Princess of Alderaan, and Alphabet Squadron. And mm-hmm. because it's Han and Leia, Mark Thompson will be doing the Han chapters, and Saskia does the Leia chapters. Which is so, new. That's new. They've never done that before. That. They've never done It's, it's yeah. kind of like an audio drama in a lot of ways, it, where they have separate yep. roles, and I love that. That is so I fun. I love it. I think it's mm-hmm. a smart decision. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Can't wait. Um, so that's obviously coming this month. Now for something that's coming on a little bit later in the year. Uh, we got a new High Republic show this week, and we got some new concept art. Christina Ariel gloriously hosted the show and kind of t- took us through all of Phase 1. There's a great Phase 1 recap if you haven't watched that or thought about that in a while. 
But most importantly, we got some art from Phase 2. Let's go to our first picture here, which is Salandra Show from George Mann's Quest for the Hidden City. I think she looks awesome. I love the arm wraps. Very, like, Avatar The Last Airbender inspired here. Yeah. I thought it was great. But her most important thing is what is on her back. And the quote, it says, like her weapon of choice, Salandra views herself as a shield against evil in the galaxy. Let's go to that second picture to get a look at what her weapon is. It's a lightsaber oh, shield. That's so cool. It's a lightsaber shield. A lightsaber shield? shield? Okay. Oh, yeah. I okay. <laughs> now saw it makes this sense. image and did not realize <laughs> that is what this was. Holy crap. That is <laughs> interesting. You know, they just, you always think, like, there's no way they're going to think of any more lightsabers, but they do. Yeah. Every single day, they, they think of all the new lightsaber. A shield? This is wild. How does this work? And it's beautiful, too. I know. <laughs> I, no I was just to ask that. Does the gold part not have any protection? I, I like, don't know. I, it's you can see of, the like, emitter on the left. Right. Right. And this reminds so me this of, is... like, Sabine and Bo-Katan's, like, hollow shields they use Ooh, and, yeah. and stuff like, to deflect. But yeah, the, okay, yeah. But that's only part of it. All right, so for all, for so audio listeners, the, this this shield it's it's round and the lightsaber is like attached to the back. So you like you would you would hold it and you're like your fist, your flat part of your knuckles would be up against the shield. If that makes sense, like yeah. And I mean, I guess you could punch somebody in the face like while you're <laughs> while yeah, you're like fighting with them, too. right? Yeah, Why exactly. Not? Look, looking at the, the 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 previous picture, what is on her our hilt on her belt? Is maybe, that another maybe hilt? It, maybe what it detaches. That? It's definitely a lightsaber, but maybe it detaches. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah, maybe like because it's not her, active. Like, cutting on her. lightsaber. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> maybe she does like a sword and shield it's thing. Two. She has two different ones. Go back I, to the uh, <laughs> go back to the shield too. Is this double sided? It certainly looks like it. It Looks like it's double sided. It does. It yeah, two emitters for sure. What the heck? This is the most insane lightsaber design I've ever seen. <laughs> Clever. So a shield and two like a. Darth Maul-esque double-sided lightsaber. This seems Is that what provides woefully... the energy for the blueness? You know what oh, I mean? Oh, maybe. Now you're looking at it, it does look kind of like an energy. Like, uh, yeah. Just like uh, Sabine's like shield. like a battery. Just like you yeah. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, Justin has a great point. Maybe it's like the vector. Remember how they like they kind of plug in the lightsaber to the, sh- <clears throat> to the ship and that like, is All the right. weapon? Oh, yeah. So maybe just plug it into the shield. Regardless, I will say when hopefully I'm in London next year, all you cosplayers, for the love of God, someone make this. I need to see this nuts. shield. In like get this man a shield. I need to see this <laughs> in person. Uh, absolutely freaked out about this. Uh, but of course, that wasn't the only picture that we got. We also got concept art from Convergence, Zoraida Cordova's upcoming adult novel from Del Rey, and we got one of the lead characters in our third picture here, Axel Greylark. Who? I mean, this guy. We all <laughs> knew this guy. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Look at those knickers that he's like, wearing. Most, he's in- <laughs> the most anime, most anime character in Star Wars that I've literally ever seen. Oh like, yeah. I he mean, t- he looks like <laughs> came right out of a Japanese dating sim. He is a uh, for 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 our audio listeners again not to put to keep us on the right feed. He is an F boy. If you will, um, <laughs> I would say, um, oh, and he is the, he is the chancellor, one of the chancellor's sons uh, in the book. So he's he's the the cape definitely shows that royalty oh air. God. He also reminds me a lot of someone said uh, of I think it was Caroline in our chat said of was it Mako from the Legend of Korra? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He looks just like Mako. That's a great one. Yeah, yeah. 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 I love but, the cape. The the cape is over oh, the top. It's so good. <laughs> Yo, why is so everyone in the Republic so hot? I don't understand. It's, everyone's I, it's, everyone's I don't hot. Know. Why not? 
You're right. I think they decided it, that. It's a made-up universe. They can do that. Mm-hmm. Like. <laughs> <laughs> also, speaking of tonight's main topic, this is going to be a romantic book. Um, and I think if you're going to have someone be yes. romantic, I that makes sense with this young lad. Oh, yeah. Um, but, of course, we don't have just books coming in. good choice. Oh, yeah. Phenomenal for Cordova. Uh, we don't just have books coming in the next phase. We also have comics. We've seen a few covers, but we finally got some variants for the Higher Public issue number two that gives us a look at some of the main characters. First off, we have Rachel Stott, uh, who illustrated the monster at Temple Peak, and she illustrated Maddie, uh, the Twi'lek here that gets, I mean, just a great action shot, an amazing look. I love these single character covers quite a lot. Eric, I thought... I thought you said her name was Rachel Stott, and I was like, what kind of a name her is Her name that? is Rachel Stott, the Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel! Wow, okay. Rachel! That, that Rachel! Threw, that threw me a little bit. Yeah, no, this is sick. Like, um, I feel like Rachel Stott has done some work in Star Wars before, because her name sounds super yeah, familiar Yeah, she did, she did Temple Peak with Kevin before. That's right, that's right, that's right. Because um, it, cause it, it was, you know, Kevin Scott, Rachel Stott, and I always had a hard time saying that on Cosmic Force. Yes. Um, I, I love her style and the way she draws and yeah, this is super cool. Like with the reflection of the lightsaber and the, the sense of movement with the, you know, with the lines down there, like she's running and also the, the lightsaber has a little, you can tell that it's, it's swiping. It's mm-hmm. really cool. Yeah. It's very kinetic and it really uh, has a good contrast with the second cover we got, which is by Rod Rice, who illustrated Vildar, uh, who is another Jedi um, he's been talked as very Qui-Gon-esque, I believe. No, that's that's the other Jedi. That's the other Jedi that uh, Claudia Gray wrote. This guy with the stuff across his face looks like Quinlan Voss to me. I don't know yes. if that's like a species I'm sure that's thing. what he's inspired by. Yeah, he's got to mm. be, right? Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, he's got the white face paint kind of under his eyes, kind of. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. it definitely looks like Quinlan Voss, which I don't really know his origin story, Quinlan, so... Uh, I don't know if that's even written. Is that written? I don't know if that's written or not. I don't, know. I don't think so. <laughs> Well, this guy's kind of built like a fullback. Right? <laughs> yeah, he is the Mike Allstott of the High Republic. Absolutely. Yeah, well, I wanted to say it, but I didn't like know Mike how to Allstott. say it respectfully. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's for all six of you that love Mike Allstott that are listening and Wes. Um, yeah, I love these two. I love how different they are. And apparently they're going to be together, like, fighting or, or searching or whatever have you. So I think I always love when there's contrasting characters. Uh, so that'll be a lot of fun. Again, those come out later this fall. And even though it was teased at Celebration, we did find – or not Celebration, my goodness uh, – at San Diego <laughs> Comic-Con, uh, we did finally get a high-res version of The Crawl for Phase 2. Um, and I think that's really great. And it says, Quest of the Jedi, it is a time of great exploration. In an effort to unite the galaxy, the Chancellors of the Republic, working alongside the courageous and wise Jedi Knights, have dispatched dozens of Pathfinder teams into the farthest reaches of the Outer Rim. But it is also a time of great uncertainty. Communication is unreliable, and tall tales of mysterious planets and monstrous creatures abound. Prospectors and pirates roam the frontier, and the worlds of Irem and Arona are locked in a forever war. That was in caps lock, audio <laughs> listeners. And on the far-off planet of Dolna, more caps lock, a new threat to the galaxy is beginning to emerge for ellipses. <laughs> this, uh, uh, this, looks, this looks and appeared... And you read it like a Jeopardy question. It's blue background with the white text. It's a Jeopardy question. It's it funny. so yeah. does. 
Oh, yeah, that, it just made me realize how excited I am for the higher public to come back. Like it just I sounds know. so good. I love this initiative, and yeah. I think this is going to be just so much fun. I think it's going to yeah. throw a few people, you know, going back in time. It might, it might, you know, it, it, you know, it might make some people not as excited for it, maybe because they're like, "Well, oh, it took me forever to get used to this era and these characters and what's going on, and now we have to go backwards, and I still don't know anything." Um, but I, I think it's going to be worth it. You know, all good things. Um, that are worthwhile are worth the wait. So, there it is. Yeah. There it is. I mean, when you think about it, it just feels like the High Republic has been a year ago, right? It's only yeah. been just a couple months. Yeah. So it it kind of says like to the fact that it was so good that it feels like forever since we've like had a new a piece of literature, whether it be comics or novels. Yeah. But I mean, here we go. It's coming up. Cannot wait. It's going to be so fun. Glad we got all those looks. Again, go watch the full High Republic show on the Star Wars YouTube channel for that. And an interview with the new authors to the initiative. George Mann, Tessa Gratton, and Zarada Cordova. They have a roundtable with Christina Ariel where they talk about their projects and things they're bringing to the High Republic. Um, in addition to all the original story architects. All right. Now, my friends, it is time for kissing. Um, Star Wars <laughs> romance! So... Tonight we wanted to talk about the romantic part of Star Wars because though Star Wars has long been about wars and has long been about battles and Jedi and the Force lore, it has also forever been about relationships and love stories and the highs and lows of being together with someone during the toils of war. So I wanted to ask you all, upcoming this year we have The Princess and the Scoundrel, of course in a couple weeks. And Convergence, which we just talked about from the High Republic, which both seem to feature a lot of romance uh, from the authors and from the subject matter. So I wanted to just kind of start off with a basic question. Why does romance seem to be more prevalent in 2022 in Star Wars? Like, what what might be causing this Hmm. in our reading circles right now? Hmm. That's interesting. My gut reaction is to say that it's because we don't have a lot of it in Star Wars. Sure. And maybe maybe what what we have gotten from it, you know, um, things like Lost Stars and uh, A Crash of Fate. I feel like those books performed way better than anyone expected. And mm-hmm. maybe they're just wondering, like, is romance what the people are looking for? Is that what they're seeking in their lives? And I, I feel like the answer might be yes. So I feel like it, it might be some sort of experiment to see, like, should we add more romance in our quote-unquote you know regular books or like should we throw in some some more romance books in our in our slate of content and i think i think it's a great idea i love it <laughs> yeah i i yeah i love that idea what's what you say I, th- I do think that it will it heightens the storyline and like within the story if it is a, a relationship between a man and a woman a man and a man a woman and a woman what have you um, it makes the maybe possibly one of the other partners more risky to do something, whether to save their life mm-hmm. yeah. or to like keep Great them point. out of harm's way, something like that. So it, it heightens the story, whether it, it like creates dramatic scenes or it, it makes you like your heart pound as you're reading it. But it adds another element there that you wouldn't regularly see with somebody who just doesn't care about anything. They just don't want to die. Right. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You just don't want them to die. I mean. Corey, would you agree? Like, is everyone just a little more horny this year? Like, what's going on? <laughs> Jesus. Uh, thanks for that question, Eric. Uh, I, think, uh, I think I would say, I think I would say that that you know the show creators or the uh, the the 
literature creators, they simply listened to our uh, our High Republic draft episode. That's and it. They were just <laughs> they were it. so inspired with our comments <laughs> yep. that uh, they were like, "That's it. it. Needs to be more sex. That's it. That's it." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know why uh, why this why this particular last couple of years or whatever we've gotten more romance. I think Star Wars storytelling is taking bigger risk than it has in recent years. I mean, sure. there's certainly, you know, we, we've talked about this, that this is sort of what defines, we talked about this in our panel of celebration. This, this defines what kind of what we, what we think about as modern Canon Star Wars storytelling is like, you know, when they started taking more risk and, and telling more, like more stories about characters that, that had impacts on like the Skywalker saga and things of that mm-hmm. nature. Right. Like the storytelling got better, it seemed like. Um, yes, what, yes. what is happening? <laughs> like in Star Wars Brotherhood, where they got a risky romantic scene. Literally, yeah, pretty exactly, risky. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So I, I think that that's part of it. Is that it seems like Star Wars has always been a little like romance and sex averse, even mm-hmm. though like the entire premise of the Skywalker saga is based on. You know, Anakin's love for Padme. That's what the whole story is based on. But even then, we have avoided, in a weird way, sort of avoided romantic storytelling and and sex and stuff like that has not really been prevalent in in Star Wars books. Um, But I think that has certainly changed in recent years. We've had we've had more and more scenes that kind of portray romance and love and. Uh, we still haven't had like anything graphic. I mean, Star Wars, I think, is 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 by nature pretty PG maximum PG thirteen. I would say, yeah. which yeah. Safe. which I think is I think is fine. In fact, yeah. I, I think I personally enjoy reading about you know romance, particularly intimacy and sex and stuff like that in Star Wars, like with a little more like imagination, if you will. Yes, yeah, that's yeah. a good way to put it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that I think it I think it it. It would take away from the story in a lot of ways if it were to get too terribly graphic. Now, if you want that, I mean, there are all insane amounts of fan fictions. And I will say, no one sent me any fan fiction after uh, <laughs> after that last episode. You know, I was hoping so you're doubling down now. I'm doubling down now. I was hoping now. somebody the would. I know. I was hoping they would. Just, I just, I, I just, just wanted to know if anybody was like into it. Like, it's in our fan number. I don't know. It's funny, but um, I've seen some. I, of it. I have read it. a fan fiction before that was incredibly graphic, and I was just oh, yeah. like, I couldn't believe. It. I shared it with you guys. I think it was so yeah, insane. I couldn't well, believe how graphic it was. It was like the most graphic thing I've ever read in my entire life, and I, like I had to stop reading it. It was so graphic. It was like pornography. And I think it, and I think it when it when it gets to that level, it becomes. A little bit over the top, right? So, you know, I, I don't think we really meant to have a whole conversation about should Star Wars have more sex on yeah. this particular episode, but I think it is an interesting, like, storytelling, uh, like, question because there's yeah. a reason that, that you know, sex and intimacy is so prevalent in all literature throughout human history, right? I, right. Mean, I think it's an integral part of the human experience. So, you know, it does it belong in Star Wars? That's a hard question to ask. I don't really know. Yeah, and I think it's interesting because, you know, book reading is also probably the most intimate form of media consumption, right? Mm -hmm. Because if you're watching a television show or watching a movie, even if you're by yourself, you are watching real-life people who did a thing, who walked these things, who actually kissed each other, who actually did all these things. And there's an element of I'm sharing this with them. Whereas if you're reading a book, there is, like, one person wrote this, and now I am reading it, but I'm the voices in your head are your own. I mean, audiobooks absolutely are a whole different thing but like romance novels have been such a staple for decades i mean they always they sell well they go off the shelves like crazy people that love the genre read book after book after book after book yeah and there is a very intimate relationship of reader and writer 
in that scenario. And I think that for books like The Princess and the Scoundrel, like Lost Stars, like these ones I have on my shelf next to me, and those we'll talk about a little later on, in Star Wars, that intimacy has always been key because we all feel a little bit of ownership over this universe, right? Like, I'm reading this, and I feel so connected to it because of my love for Star Wars. So now you add on the intimacy of romance as well, and it, if it's done well, and it's crafted well, it's almost inescapably good. It's why Lost Stars is such a high recommendation for us because it combines the intimacy of loving Star Wars and the intimacy of romance between characters in such a perfect marriage. And I think that's so interesting that they're continuing that. I also think, you know, like I always say, writers write for the age in which they are living. I think that romance is typically heightened in times of war and conflict and unsurety. Like, the fact that all the relationships in Star Wars come together pretty quick during Galactic War are pretty good, right? I mean, hey, we just, we, we almost got shot. We almost died. I might die tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Do I love you? Like, that's a thing. <laughs> that, is, that is absolutely a thing. And I think in our, in our world lately, with a lot of people feeling a little more uneasy about larger world events, love, relationships, mm-hmm. connections are on the mind. And I also think it's inescapable, especially in the comics lately, um, that a lot of types of relationships, like you're saying, Wes, with different types of partners, whether they be in the LGBTQ plus community or whatever, now are becoming more accepted. It's like, oh, we actually can write about a bunch of different types of relationships now. It's not just Han and Leia. It's not just Luke and Mara Jade, which are awesome. But we can talk about like all these different characters and their different relationships because we have a larger pool of sexuality and gender identities to pull from. And I think that a lot of writers are choosing to do that, which is allowing them to kind of like put it in more books here and there. Um, but before we talk about some of our favorites, I did want to touch on one more point that we kind of teased at. Uh, you know, romance novels have gotten flack in the past. You know, like the the book that you you put in the airport, but you put another book in front of it and you hide it. And you do like that kind of stuff, you know? And it's like, Bring the other, the, yeah, the other dust jacket. Yeah, it's like, oh, no, I'm not about it at all. <laughs> but I wanted to ask you guys, you know, um, like why do we think – in, in, as far as public consumption goes, why has romance kind of had this stigma about enjoying it? And I will say, for, for, for some of us, especially from, like, a male perspective, like, it's been kind of looked down on, like, boys can't read romantic novels and things like that. Like, what has – why has that been such a prevalent thing? And why do we think that's starting to break down as the years go on? Like, people read Bridgerton novels in the middle of anywhere now. Like, that's it's the number one show on Netflix. Like – and it can't just be a certain demographic. Like, why is this becoming yeah. more accepted now? That's a, that's an excellent question, and I'm very interested in this idea because I think it sort of speaks to the larger societal change we've had in the last, like, two decades around nerd culture, um, mm-hmm. quite frankly. Um, you know, nerds have historically, you know, Geeks and dorks have all kind of been in this like category of society that's sort of looked down upon, right? Like they're not good enough. Like they don't get to have romance. They don't get to yeah. have you know sex. And you know the the nerd doesn't ever get the girl. You know in the movie and that sort of thing, right? So like I think that has really changed in the last couple of years. I think the Marvel universe, uh, you know, developing in popularity has certainly helped change that. I think. You know, I've said a thousand times in this show that it used to not be cool to be a Star Wars fan. That's why it, that's why Utini means so much to us is because we didn't have Star Wars fans as kids. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that is not the case anymore. Now it's it's fine to be a Star Wars fan. You see kids carrying Star Wars book bags to the first day of school. On, yeah, right. Pictures on the Internet today of, of that. Right. So, you know, I think that I think the society just kind of changed and what it's OK for nerds to like and not like. And people are no longer ashamed to like what they like and. There's less stigma around preference. I think in general, 
with society these days. So, you know, I think that's I think that's a large part of it, but you know, why has why is that changing in Star Wars specifically? I think like you said earlier, Eric, it's just simply a reflection of the state in which we currently live, right? Mm-hmm. I think that yeah. mm-hmm. that it's just a more open topic now than it was before. Totally. Yeah. A lot of people are more accepting. And we have a great example with uh, the Dr. Aphra audio drama with yeah. uh, her and Sana Staros, right? Yeah, so they, yeah absolutely. Yeah. That was, they did, that, they did a really good, um, really good story, a really plot line with both of them, and they were both taking risks um, based on their relationship and how they felt about each other. So, And it was really good. Like, And they put out the, um, the written version as well, and mm-hmm. so that did really well, I think. And so uh, I hope more comes from that, not just a, a one-off, but um, just having a good written story along with some with romance that makes it that much better it makes it add more characters and new characters that you haven't read about to make you want to read again and then then make those recommendations to your friends it's just i, I don't think it's just romance in itself it's probably just good story writing too yeah 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 it, it's, not, it's not just the like we're gonna pump out the romance novels every year to make a quick buck and who cares about editing it's like no we're gonna treat these with the respect that we would any other story because it's a story it just happens to have a romantic center rather than a war center. That's a great point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I know, like, Emma, obviously you, you're, you've you come up in, like, a slightly younger generation than those of us. Like, how have you seen it evolve, even the last couple of years, as you've kind of had the most formative kind of parts of your media consuming life? Yeah, I definitely think um, a lot of this change that we're seeing in Star Wars right now has to do with a change in the way society views romance and and sex i think it used to be so and and in some cases still is but i think it it used to be something that like nobody could talk about like you know super hush hush and leia showed her ankles in the 80s i mean i heard about it no no um yeah i mean so so scandalous really uh how dare she um i think we're just getting used to just being more open about ourselves and each other and you know being more open to hearing about each other's experiences too. Like now it's totally normal and acceptable for like straight people to enjoy stories about um, LGBTQ couples and Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Like that's more acceptable now. Not that it, I mean, it should have been accepted anyway, but you know, society, we, we you know, yeah, why do you care about that? Like, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, you know, I remember like even when I was a kid, I mean, you know, like Eric mentioned, wasn't that long ago. I remember, like, sex and even, like, the human body was still, like, super stigmatized. Like, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. sex ed wasn't really – it was kind of, like, non-existent, honestly. Like, e- even in my day and age, and I'm only 21. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like all that type of stuff is starting to get a little a little more accepted. You're able to be a little bit more open about it and – and discuss it a bit more, and I'm glad about that. I think it's I think it's healthier. Like, yeah, um, it, it's it's always wild to me the the people that think uh, you know the more you learn about about sex and all that stuff, the more scandalous you become. When actually, it's like the opposite. So it's 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 just interesting. Like from a you know sociological perspective, like how yeah. our ideas change on it, and then how our media that we consume changes on it. I mean. I don't remember shows like Bridgerton coming out on Netflix when I had Netflix. Like, you know <laughs> what I mean? Not, yeah. No <laughs> but now things are different. And, and you yeah. know, I think that our media, it, it is catching up to 
how our society views things now. It's not an instantaneous change with our ideas because the media has to be made yeah. when our ideas change. And I think now we're just starting to catch up to it. Yeah. And I think also, as we said with the higher public, with the Andor trailer, everyone's just super hot now. So it's yeah. like, why would we not have them be romantic? It's exactly. amazing. So, I mean, it's, it's low-hanging fruit, really. Come on now. <laughs> it's it's uh, their fault. So on that note, I actually did give uh, our lovely bunch here, I gave them a homework assignment this week um, to decide what? in the history of Star Wars. What's going to do his homework now? Uh, there's, so, there's a lot of great romances. There's a lot of great couples. And there's also a lot of great books and comics that do feature romance. Like we said, we're getting more now than we used to. But I wanted to ask, uh, just go around the horn, guys. What is your favorite romance or couple in Star Wars? And what is your favorite romantic book or comic in Star Wars? Now, whether that is solely romantic or it has your favorite part of romance is up to you. But Emma... As our featured guest, um, and as someone who I know, based on some notes, is going to bring some cool stuff to the table, uh, start us off. <laughs> who is your favorite romance or couple, and what's your favorite romantic book or comic in all of Star Wars? Yes, I am going to start out by saying I cheated. Uh, because I, I <laughs> <laughs> the, word, girl. the word you don't want to hear in romance, actually. Oh, yes, that's true. That's true. Um, because I couldn't pick just one couple. I was debating between two couples, and I was like, you know what? I need to mention them both. So I decided to do one from a book and one from a comic. Um, so I'll start out with my my book couple first. Uh, and at first, this is going to sound strange to people because they're like, you know, isn't that from a TV show? No, no. Hang on a moment. Uh, I am going to say Kanan and Hera. Uh, they are oh. truly one of my favorite couples in yeah. all of Star Wars. And I think a lot of that has to do with Rebels, of course, but uh, I think a lot of people forget that um, they first meet in A New Dawn by John Jackson Miller. That's right. Which is so formative to their relationship, and we get to see, like, you know, how, how they kind of, like, thought of each other at first and how they treated each other at first, which obviously, like, those moments for any couple are, are huge and very important. Uh, and the other time we see them, too, um, is actually, this isn't super well-known. A lot of people think that the Kanan, the last Padawan comic, is just about Kanan as a Padawan. Um, but it actually takes place around a frame story that it takes place, like, during Rebels, uh, you know, when they have, like, Ezra and Sabine and Zeb. Um, and so there's a little bit of that story going on. Um, I just love the relationship so much. They're so sweet to each other and... and uh, you know, kind of, you got that like mom and dad vibe with their crew, with the whole found family thing, and I think they they work so well together. But they 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 don't let that drag them down. Like they don't let their work and their relationship kind of like get in the way of each other. And I think that's right. a great uh, example for for a lot of like modern day you know couples in real life. Man, yeah. I remember specifically in Rebels whenever um, it was the episode where her uh, Hera's father comes back into the mix, yeah. and then Kanan Kanan is so nervous, <laughs> yeah. and he's just like, "I could listen to your stories all the time, like yeah. Mister Hera, whatever his name was." <laughs> like, I think Kanan and Hera are arguably the most relatable couple in all yeah. of Star Wars. And Absolutely, I think that makes very appealing to a lot of people. Like, I think I identify with Hera. A lot because she's like really, you know, she takes charge, she's kick ass, and she and she doesn't let like whoever she's in a relationship with change that about her. Mm -hmm. And I, I really love that, and I aspire to be like her in that way for sure. Um, so yeah. I definitely wanted to shout them out. 
Um, the other couple I had that I just had to mention, it was kind of teased uh, earlier, you know, that Dr. Afra has a lot of great uh, relationships in that comic, uh, whether it's with Dr. Afra or with two completely other characters. Um, but one that I definitely want to shout out that I, I really love, really enjoy, and we bring up, uh, we've, we've brought up quite a bit on the Cosmic Force is Dr. Afra, Afra and Magna Tolvin uh, from the mm-hmm. 2016 run of the comic. Um, this was like a super momentous moment in Star Wars for representation, not just Star Wars comics, but like in Star Wars in general, because it was honestly one of the first, if not the first time we saw like a visual, like an official visual representation of an LGBTQ couple, like actually showing affection for mm-hmm. each other. Um, specifically, if you guys want to see it, uh, issue 16 uh, in the 2016 run uh, is when Afra and Tolvin have their first kiss. And I remember reading the comic thinking like, oh, snap, like they did that. That's awesome. And and honestly, I mean, I know 2016 wasn't that long ago, but I mean, we weren't seeing that type of stuff in 2016. And, yeah, for sure. And I, I, I do want to shout out uh, Karen Gillen, who wrote that, that comic. Um, I think it was just so like courageous of him to write a lgbtq woman of woman of color um as Mm -hmm. the main character of his story like i mean i respect that a lot and i I think he did it very well and i think um you know Alyssa wong they've picked it up and really run with it as well uh you know if if you read this um the 2020 run now uh we have another lgbtq couple that doesn't involve afra at all um and i think it's i think it's really awesome that we're getting more representation in general like if you want more representation in your media dr afra is one of the best ones to go to um it's one more than one glad award for lgbtq representation and um yeah I, i love that couple and also i mean aside from its you know groundbreaking nature um it is a very interesting relationship because it's very much the enemies to lovers trope. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they hate each other. But the interesting thing I find about this one uh, specifically is that Tolvin still decides to work for the Empire. So she loves Afra, but knows she can't be on Afra's side. So they're so they love each other, but they can't, like, work for the same side. And I find that very interesting. I don't think that happens super frequently in Star Wars and... It's a very fascinating relationship, and certainly I, I had to had to point it out. Love that, yeah. Afra's been such a monumentous book for so many reasons, and, and it's taken up so many like evolutions over the years. Um, and again, as we've said, she's one of the characters. I will be shocked, shocked if we don't get in live action in the next few years for that Please. reason and a ton of others. Great pick, uh, Corey. I'll go to you, man. Who's your favorite couple, and what's a what's a great Star Wars <laughs> romance book for you? I wanted to do a really hard pull uh, for mine, and Great. I would be surprised, honestly, if any of you guys even know about these characters. Quite frankly, Ooh. so this is I'm excited uh, now. Uh, let's 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 take a t- let's take a let's take a walk back in time on one hundred three point seven. The love. <laughs> All right, so yeah, uh, it's Luke I and Leia to... in Splinter of the Mind's Eye. <laughs> yes, exactly, Stop it, exactly. No. That's that's dark and disgusting. Nobody wants. That nobody wants that. <laughs> all right, uh, I you guys know that my Star Wars journey began with Legends, and I famously, you know, read the ninth book in a nine book series, the Legacy of the Jedi series, and I was, you know, in like seventh or eighth grade, and. 
Uh, I specifically remember a couple that I thought was very interesting and well-written. And it's not Luke and Mara Jade. Like, Luke and Mara Jade were always interesting. Mara Jade mm-hmm. is fiercely independent, and she meets Luke in Heir of the Empire. So their origin story is very, very good, and, and Tim Zahn wrote them phenomenally well. Uh, but I was always really interested in uh, these two characters, uh, Jaina Solo, the Sword of the Jedi, one of the yeah. children of uh, Han and Leia. Um, and she marries a character named Jagged Fell. That's really his name is is Jagged. Everyone calls him Jag. Um, and I wow. thought this was a fantastic coupling because they were so weird and interesting. Um, Jag, uh, I'll give you a little bit of history of him. He served in the Chiss military. He's a human. He's a human uh, human male. And he served in the Chiss military, which is very interesting. That's wow. kind of weird and crazy. Yeah, it's a little odd. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, very strange. Kind of like Eli Vanto in a lot of ways, right? Yeah, the sure. Books. He served in the Chiss military. And he later uh, was very politically connected and even led for a little while the Imperial Remnant, like after Return of the Jedi and the Rebellion won and you know they destroyed yeah. the Empire, there was a group in the galaxy in Legends that were still Imperial. Not not really so evil like mm-hmm. the Imperials or like the First Order is, but like with the rigid order and strict adherence to law and like the, the MOF structure, they kept all that. It was the Imperial Remnant in Legends. They're like fiscally conservative Imperial Remnant. <laughs> <laughs> They're just libertarians. That's all they are. Uh, yeah, so – and I always thought this was a very interesting interesting couple because it, it – there were a lot of scenes like in the Legacy of the Jedi series and stuff where like where like Jag <laughs> – cool. that's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Or Jag wow. and Jaina. That's not how. Wait, sorry. Like, sorry. This person has never seen a human kiss another human. This is not what kissing is like. <laughs> for, like for some reason, says, as long as Jaina Solo. Kira, like, I put what? a. There's a picture up for our listeners of a, a picture. This is like an RPG like <laughs> card. Like it's talking about jagged fells. Like he has a plus one power. He's a squadron power. Like, what the hell is this? As long as Jaina Solo is in any arena, Jag gets ten plus speed. Damage control one, and he's lucky two plus two. Wow! Oh, and I love how they have a description of the of the picture. Jag and Jaina share a passionate kiss before preparing for battle. Oh my, oh god. my god! Get, yes. out. Get out! Get out! Get out. Right, this is this is a perfect reflection of of how romance is depicted in legends a lot of times. But, <laughs> but back to what I was saying. Yes. Uh, Jag and Jaina are interesting characters because uh, um, when they're married, Jag is still very much involved in the Imperial Remnant and. Uh, it raises a lot of very interesting ethical questions over the dinner table. Like I specifically remember, uh, I specifically remember a story. I can picture it in my mind's eye where like Han and Leia have Jaina and and Jag over for dinner, and like Jag and Han like get into it, like about like politics yeah. and shit. Like he doesn't get along with his father-in-law. You know what I mean? So like it's <laughs> it's just very it's a very interesting dynamic uh, to have. You know, he he raises a lot of interesting questions about the Imperials and like, yes, the Empire was evil, but, you know, some of the grounding foundations that the Empire is built upon are not. And like it, it, it raises some very interesting questions. And uh-huh. I always thought he was a he was a fascinating character in that 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 Jaina chose him with her being so fiercely independent and like really a true Jedi, like the sword of the Jedi. She's a very passionate kind of character like Anakin yeah. is that she would choose to be with somebody like Jag. I always thought that was a very fascinating storytelling device that they used really throughout the legacy of the Jedi series and beyond. And they met in the Yuuzhan Vong War is where, where the characters were, was created. I'm pretty sure. So 
Yeah. Wow. Interesting characters. I figured. Have you guys ever heard of them? Deep pull. You ever heard of them? I heard of Jaina. Yeah. I definitely heard of Jaina. Also, I love that Jared brought it up. It brought up Jaina just as you were saying her name, like simultaneously. I love that. Oh, this that's great. Jane is halfway out of her flight seat. Oh, dear. All yeah. right. So we got a great <laughs> canon comics. We got Why some does Jane know that? Books. Oh, and, and Corey, I will say, uh, so any any particular books that folks either want to read Jaina or want to get a good romance <clears throat> book? Anything uh, raised up mm, in your head? A, that's a good question. I there, Legends is... Legends romance is different. I mean, it's like it takes you by surprise and is randomly around. <laughs> sure. You know, you're you're reading about uh, an X-wing combat in space, and you turn the page, and the next chapter is like a filthy romance chapter. Yeah, right. So right, it's like, right. There's not really like a there's not really like a, a romance book right. necessarily that features Jaina, but. I don't know. I mean, her Wikipedia article long, uh, article is insanely long. I mean, it's one of the longest yeah. I've ever seen. I mean, like. It's utterly over the top. There's a lot of images in here, too, so I don't know why you pulled that terrible one, Wes. (laughs) (laughs) That was a good one. Had both of them in it. Whatever. Whatever. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I I definitely don't have one off the top of my head for um, these characters. If anybody in the comments has got one, throw them out. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Gosh, I love – we're going all over the place now, Wes. Where are we going, man? Are you gonna ground us a little bit? Or are we? Are we? Are we sore? Yeah, yes. I'm, I'm going to ground. <laughs> I'm going to ground you guys just for a second. Um, so I'll start with my favorite romance novel, which caught everybody by surprise, but I guess shouldn't. And that was Zoraida Cordova's A Crash of Fate. Yeah. So you both. Yeah, ask. buddy. <laughs> Look at that. Yeah. Um, so so good. this one, like this was Star Wars Galaxy's Edge um, <laughs> advertisement, if you will, but it was anything but yeah. it's a super good story it was just a story between basically it, it i wouldn't say it mirrored but it's um it's on the lawns of uh, lost stars so it has two characters then in this one it's uh, jules and izzy they grow up together they play together they climb spires that on this like cover if you let me just you can tell, like, look how big this damn thing is. And they're out there free soloing, free like, soloing. by like, themselves. Like stories up or something. <laughs> I mean, good lord. But yeah. um, eventually Izzy's family moves out of the way in the middle of the night. Um, and then she, her parents, like, through, over the years, her parents, uh, they bring her back. And then... She, her, and uh, Jules and Izzy reunite after when they're teenagers, and they go into they. They were like, "Oh my God, Jules!" And he's like, "Izzy!" And it's just one of those like almost love at first sight kind of mm-hmm. kind of yeah, novels. Yeah. I don't want to spoil it for you, um, but it was super good. Um, it was a lot of uh, back and forth. Should Jules or should Izzy stay with Jules and be on the the planet where he's never left the planet before, or should Jules actually like? Break for like break away from his farmer type attitude and leave with Izzy and be a <laughs> smuggler or something. Yeah, but um, very 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 good book. Um, so I, I this was I read this before Lost Stars I believe. Mm. I think I read this before Lost Stars. Um, so that that's why I kind of picked this one as my as my favorite yeah. just because it's my first one that I read. Um, that Man, was a good one. Really, really good. We all enjoyed that one. There's a there's a yeah. particular yeah. spicy waterfall scene, if I remember correctly, about that. About yes, that. sir. 
I said I didn't want to spoil yeah, anything. <laughs> I, I, that wasn't a spoiler, Wes. That was a teaser. It wasn't. It was a, oh, yeah, it was a teaser. teaser. <laughs> you know what? A little, a little you know when you get to the waterfall, something's about to go down. Yeah, yeah, next, kind of 103.8, the love. We have a little teaser <laughs> for you. Hey, and if you're into teasing, no king shaming. It's 2022. All right. My favorite. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to take kind of the, the, the easy answer, but also, like Emma, I'm going to cheat a little bit. And my yeah. answer is Han Solo Unfaithful. with whoever he's with at the time. And here's why. Because I think that Han, <laughs> for some reason. Oh, Han, okay, yeah. yeah Han, and, Han and Bria in the Han Solo trilogy. Mm-hmm. Han and Kira Wait, in sorry. Solo. Not Bria. Back it up a little bit. Yes. Who? Bria? Bri- Bria. Uh, I, think, I think it's, it's Bria B-R-E-A. Theron. Yeah, right. Bria Theron. Yeah, Bria Theron. In Legends. Okay. It's not. Yeah, in the Paradise Scenario. I thought it was Bray Organa, which is uh, Alderaan. <laughs> oh, yeah. You guys <laughs> didn't know that Han and Han and Bray of Alderaan, they were a big thing. You guys didn't know <laughs> yeah. that. It's in you this, this one. one. It's it's in this you guys one. didn't know that? <laughs> it's in this one. So Bria, Bray Theron. Han and Bria. The older Crispin Legends trilogy, yes. Regardless, that one. Also, Han and Kira, obviously in Solo. And then Han and Leia. I think every one of those relationships are written exquisitely. I think that for whatever reason, Han is always portrayed as this, like, I don't know, I can't be tied down. But whenever he's tied down, it's so fun to read. It's so good. And I think that whatever book I'm reading with Han, specifically, that is is the character that I think Han should be with. So, like, if I'm reading the Christmas trilogy, I'm like, Han should be with, with, uh, with Bria, clearly. And then I watch Solo. I'm like, oh, Han and Kira. No, they make sense. And Most Wanted, Han and Kira. I get it. And then, like, if I <laughs> – but now I will tell you guys, the embargo is technically lifted. So our full review isn't going to be out. But I will say, as I've been reading The Princess and the Scoundrel, this is the book that has made me realize, oh, no, Han and Leia are the love story. Like, yeah. I get it. They've always I been. And I think that I think that it's easy to sort of lose sight of that in a lot of ways. Like, yeah. That so we have a um, lot of alternate stuff here and there, you know. Oh, yeah, they all fall down. But like, I think that Han is is such a great romantic lead in that way that whatever book Han brings up romance is is great for me. And and what I want to do as well here, in addition, before we kind of go through some other amazing books, or conversely, if we want to just kind of like do some honorable mentions, because my gosh, there's so many. I think that one of the great things about Han's romances is that it shows that hesitancy within all of us to give into love, which I think is very human, very real. When you fall in love for the first mm-hmm. time, it can be very frightening, especially if you've lost love before, which is what makes Han and Leia so great. In Legends, he lost Bria. In Canon, he lost Kira. Leia is the, the risk. That we can all know what that feels like. We can all realize, oh, I freaked out about this but i'm actually really in love with this person and i can go for it and it can end up being beautiful and then of course once we get to force awakens we realize you know what even the best love stories don't work out so all of that is why i find han's love stories so amazing but of course as i showed here now a little askew next to me some of my favorite romance books We've kind of mentioned it, but I just kind of want to officially mention Lost Stars and crown it as, like, the best Star Wars romance <laughs> yeah. book. Yeah, like, yeah, We yeah. talk about it we all We all had time. an understanding, you know. But, like, Thane and, yeah, Thane and Sienna were, like, a close second to me, and they're in one book ever. Um, and it's Lost Stars. 
That one is amazing. Wes, like you said, Crash of Fate is also high up. And I believe earlier in this chat, I forgot who mentioned it, and I can't quite go up just yet to it. Um, the beginning of Queen's Hope for Anakin and Padme is especially phenomenal. And because Anakin and Padme have kind of been one of my favorite couples throughout Star Wars as well. And Queen's Hope, going through the wedding ceremony, going through the marriage, and then into Mike Chen's brotherhood, like you showed earlier, Wes, really show how they're amazing. And I think that it's just, ah, there's just so many great couples that have their moments in the sun. But for some reason, Han and Leia just, like, have have the volume, if you will, to really put themselves up top, right? Han and Leia like is the cat and mouse version of a of a relationship that, but it's it's more prevalent with Han and Leia than it was with Han and Kira. It's like oh, yeah. almost like Han and Kira were more of the the young couple that's in love and they they show it. But with Han and Leia, it was it was like more of like I don't kind of I don't really like you that much. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Really like you, you know, <laughs> but yeah. So Han and Han and Leia would be my favorite couple as well. Um, an honorable mention? Can we do an honorable we mention? We can, because also I see one in the chat. I forgot. I got to grab <laughs> off the freaking shelf because I'm an idiot. <laughs> so honorable <laughs> mention is Force Collector. Has oh anybody read God. this book? Yes. <laughs> <West>. No. <laughs> It's We're not about, supposed uh, to talk about Force Collector on this hey, show, Wes. Car, car, car and Maze. It was a, a young man and a young lady, and he's going on his quest um, after episode six. And she goes along with him, and they kind of, you know, they kind of do the the romance thing here and there. But it's it's in there. It's romance, and it, that's why it's an honorable mention. I didn't say it was the best one. I don't even remember <laughs> there being romance in that book, to be honest. Like, wow. <laughs> not a lot of, well, I mean, Wes is still salty because you're supposed to do a round table. We never got around to it, and you actually I read, read the it. book. <laughs> <laughs> All I right. That aside, I will bring up one more honorable mention that like I mentioned in the chat. Like I mentioned on Twitter, I asked folks about their favorite uh, romances. We got some Raylo love. We got some Anakin and Padme love, but then of course we did get some Quillen Adventures oh, yeah. love oh, with Dark pick, Disciple. Yeah. Um, I always forget about that one. I always this forget about like, it, but it's so good. I know it's yeah. it's it's everybody. It's always like it's always like the underdog for some reason. Yeah. Dark Disciple is probably honestly maybe the most intensely romantic book that exists. Like that's yeah. more yes. about romance, I think, yes. than honestly anything else. Like, yeah. and yep. that book in is Star fascinating because it, it addresses what is, what does romance mean for the force? Like, <laughs> like yeah. what is that? What does it mean for the, the living force is <laughs> what is a pitch, nuts. what a yeah. pitch for that yeah. book. Just put that on the back of the book. You're good. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm happy to put more <laughs> things that I say on the backs of Star Wars books, Emma. That's right. Say. <laughs> I mean, Hey, as we're all honest, if, if you order, yes, CJ just ordered your, hardcover copy of dark disciple nice. excellent nice. yeah if you get nothing else out of this episode read dark disciple it's yes. very romantic it's very great if you want again a couple that really isn't found literally anywhere else and you want to see just their little love story that's also one of the best clone wars era stories in all of star wars canon that's it <laughs> now eric yeah. i i was in the middle of fixing my camera but did we fix did we mention most wanted we did not. We did not. Oh, miss most wanted. I want to mention. Go. I want to mention most wanted. <laughs> My camera's not being only, dumb. Chat about it, Emma. Yeah. Not only is it a great book, but it's also you know a great a great romance story. You know between obviously between Han and Kira, but it shows their really like early you know kind of romance. Um, like before we see them, you know in the you know kind of flashback yeah. thing in in Solo, um, and, and I think it's yeah it's it's a really great story just seeing how 
you know, young love can be kind of reckless and dumb, but at the same time, like it can it can gain its <clears throat> legs too, which we see in this book. I, I think it's a very fascinating read. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we and we obviously didn't cover every single book that's got romance in yeah. it on this. Like, obviously, right. that would be an incredibly long episode. But we do have a romance collection over on the website utini.com. Yes, we do. <laughs> uh, yeah, if you click on book collections in the in the nav bar, you can get to our collections page, and there is a guide in there, kind of about the most romantic books. It needs to needs to be updated. It's probably, I'm sure it's missing a few, uh, but it uh, it is I'm pretty that, thorough. Like, There's a lot of stuff. Yeah, so check that <laughs> it out. It is in the it's in the YouTube description. For the people okay. who are live, just go in there and click it and yeah. send you right to the page. There you go. And if there's an error 404, it's because Eric's adding books uh, as we talk. And we do <laughs> and we do have a High Republic romance, um, yeah. Rail Avros, and everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone he meets. Also, I mean, Lula and Zine in the High Republic are yes. one of my favorite couples. We got Elvar right. yeah, and yeah. Avar. Um, just... All, all this being said, it's so great that we're in this this moment of romance being able to be the main character in books because, as we've shown, it's been a character in books for so long. From the beginning of Legends to the current canon, books to comics everywhere, it's been a part of Star Wars. It will continue to be a part of Star Wars. And I will say, again, without spoilers, but coming up later this month, you're going to get the romantic Han Leia love story book that you've been waiting for if you haven't had it yet. It really is something special. Um, they said it at Celebration. That's what it was going to be. And as you'll find out on the day when it releases on August 16th with our Utini reviews, uh, that is what you're getting with Princess and the Scoundrel. So overall, if you love Star Wars romance, awesome. Keep loving it. Keep loving your couples. Search out other books with people that are finding love within a war circumstance is the most heightened emotions, it's the most heightened love, and I can't wait to get even more. But on that note, my friends, quick reminder, next week we'll be starting our roundtable for Shadow of the Sith. Less romance. Uh, heads up. <laughs> Less romance. A little bit. A little, a little bit. bit. A little bit. Yeah, there's a little romance. There's just a lot more stabbing. Um, come check that out next week. Dr. Charles Hankel will be back for our part one of Adam Christopher's book. We'll see you then. But for now, that will do it for this week's episode of The Living Force. If you support us on Patreon, thank you so much for your support. We hope you're enjoying the new episodes that are dropping in your feed each week. And, of course, the new episodes and new shows that are coming down the pipe. A special thank you goes out to Brian Dooley, Patrick Ortiz, Earl Q, Robert Thomas, and Carl Sander on our Jedi High Council, and Elizabeth Cloutier and Sally and Chris Eilerson and our Alliance High Command for their amazing support. You can find us on Twitter. I'm at Eric Eilerson. Corey is at Corey M. Helton. Wes is at Boss West. Emma is at Urban Jedi 26. And Charles will get his tag when he comes back. A special thank you to Matt Davenport, our amazing editor. Ryan, our graphic designer extraordinaire. And Wes, our producer and community manager. Thank you to Corey, Wes, and Emma for potting with me tonight. Thanks to all of you for hanging out in the chat and listening in whatever way you like. And as always, may the force be with you. There is no hatred, there is joy. There is no division, there is union. There is no apathy, there is passion. There is no gatekeeping, there is community. This is the Utini Star Wars Fan Code. Embrace it, live by it, and above all, trust in the living force. Join the Utini community and surround yourself with like-minded fans at utini.com. And remember... The Force will be with you.
always.